Hello and welcome to the interior design business. My name is Jeff Hayward and I'm joined today by my co-host Susie Rumbold, past president of the British Institute of Interior Design and creative director of Tasuta Interiors in front of a live audience of designers at DecorX 2023. Today we're going to help demystify the media and its relationship with interior designers. Interior designers fantasize about their beloved projects showcasing their unique creativity and expertise being featured as exclusive spreads in glossy design magazines or in the lifestyle and property sections of the broadsheet newspapers. Editors, by contrast, have limited pages to fill and are constantly bombarded with potential content from product suppliers and designers. But with so much background noise and such ferocious competition for space, how can designers best attract the attention of those editors? How should they present their work and what should they not do to keep those editors on side? Welcome to the interior design business. Thank you. Today, we are very privileged to welcome as our special guests, Hatta Bing, editor of House and Garden, and Katrina Burrows, interiors editor of The Times and Sunday Times. They're gonna help us find out the answers to these and other burning questions. Welcome to you both. <laughs> Thank you hey. for having us. <laughs> so starting with you, Hatta, how would you describe House and Garden what are the key sections of House and Garden, both in print and online? First and foremost, we're a design, a design and decoration magazine, but obviously Gardens is a big part too. And we like to say we're featuring the sort of best in decoration and design. But we also cover travel, food and art and lots of other things in between. I think really between the website and the magazine, we cover similar things. We can obviously be much more newsworthy, news-y on, online, because we can react to something happening that day. But it's similar sections, obviously, with then also video content and our galleries online drive a lot of traffic, galleries of design ideas. Say it was bedroom gallery, which is hun hundreds probably of, of bedroom images for people to get Amazing. ideas from. And what's your sort of circulation both in print and how many people look at the at the online publication oh i didn't know you were going to ask me i don't have <laughs> sorry, exactly <laughs> i just thought of it i'm so sorry <laughs> so we're, we're kind of well over a hundred thousand in print and well it can vary from month to month online but we're about 1.4 1.5 unique users a month yeah we've grown uh, kind of online we've grown quite rapidly in the last year or so. And you also do other publications, don't you? You do The List and you do some yes. other things as well. Yes, so The List is very much a big part of House and Garden's offering, really. And we now got sort of a thousand members and that's a whole community. It's also got its own section to the website. We feature it in the magazine, so people within The List can be get to be featured within the magazine and on its own social media. And then once a year, we have the printed directory and a party goes with that and there's you know if you're a member of the list you there are events and things that you can be part of so that's a whole sort of there's a whole team then they don't sit within my team they sit separately running the list very much a community yeah katrina what about the times the sunday times and all those other publications that you're working on so if I were to describe the Times and the Sunday Times and how it tackles interiors and how it's involved in interiors, of the newspapers, I'd say we devote the most number of pages to interiors. 
and each of our sections has a great interest in it. We try to cover it because we have luxury sections and we also have sections like bricks and mortar which are actively telling people which air fryers under 100 pounds they should be buying. We try and tackle it from high to low and because our readers are actively engaged in buying properties, selling properties, doing properties up and shopping, they need little nuggets of all of those pieces of information. I can't remember numbers and I don't know any on my head, so I asked the commercial people to, for something interesting to tell you. I did some homework, Hatter. <laughs> <laughs> they said, they came back to me and said, 3.3 million Times readers are looking to renovate or extend their home. So uh, that's a lot of hunger. Mm for information, but let's not forget, they just love looking at beautiful houses. And again, you do one-off things as well, or, or more regular supplements like Lux as well, do you not? Yes, Lux is quarterly in print, and it's suddenly become turbocharged online. We have our own channel, and we're doing very regular updates. For instance, I'm looking each month for a super house, something stonking in the property market that readers can say, if I had multiple millions, I'd like that. How would you assess the different values of appearing for a designer, of appearing in print versus appearing online in your relevant publications? So we have a meeting probably a couple of times a month when we look at all submissions for houses with a few members of my team and we're looking, sometimes we'll go, okay, that's definitely going in print, sometimes we'll, oh, well, oh, does it go uh, digital or does it go print? Or, and then obviously if it goes into print, it will probably eventually appear in digital format too. But we are getting people, because print, we're, we're looking quite far ahead before we can actually publish something and people don't like that anymore because of social media and they want to be in the June magazine and I'm afraid there's no way if I photograph, if you sent me a house now, unlikely I'd get it in the June unless it was really ticked and a box that nothing else did and we needed it in the June issue. You're probably looking towards the end of next year. So digital we can yeah, act much more quickly. People, what they're wanting publicity for, they like being going straight into digital, sometimes a video can go with it, social media, they like the whole package that goes with that and it happens quickly and they've got, okay. they've got the coverage they want. And that's, that's really interesting, I think, that conversation about shelf life and time frame. So yeah. what you're talking about in terms of the actual relevance of how long it stays visible and available, online it obviously stays there for eternity yeah arguably whereas print magazines it's there for uh, perhaps a, a few months but maybe it sort of falls off somebody's radar yeah. quicker would you say yes. that yes yeah. probably but if it's i mean if it's relevant to go online it we probably will put it online yeah. and then things that do really well online you've probably already noticed they get resurfaced so you, they'll they they have a pretty good life. I so suppose. it's a symbiotic relationship yeah. almost between the two and Katrina whereas Hatter might be working six months in advance for one of her issues what six days for you? Oh I haven't done my Sunday column yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, just, I wanted to put in a, a good word for print actually it has a longer shelf life than you think I have a stack of last year's house and garden in my bedroom I have readers come up to me with torn out pieces from Sunday Times home saying, I'm going shopping for this, this is the look I want. And uh, that, I mean, that's rather lovely. I don't think we should discount how long a shelf life print can have. No, I wasn't discounting. I was just, I actually was looking at it from the other point. I sort of took it as gr for granted that print is good. Yes, it is good. Yes. I think. But the future, I know everyone tells us the future is digital and we call ourselves uh, digital first publishers now. Um, and so I've got another us. number. 68% um, of our audience solely reads us online. And that's where our 
growth is. Wow. And there are slightly different demographics. For instance, our social media channels seem to be a younger demographic who want slightly different things. Print channels, slightly older. Online pieces, which as you say, they're immortal, and we, we add to them and resurface them every so often, is everyone, everyone everywhere all the time. And are there different stories that work best in print as opposed to digitally? Our sections that have glossy pages an absolutely beautiful house looks best on a glossy page. But if you've got a lot of detail to get over and you have a lot of information to get over, if it's news you can use, as we call it, people want to scroll down and see the differences between, you know, different handles, different ways people have done joinery. And you can do that best online. You can make the pictures bigger. Yes. You can dwell on it better. Yeah, and pull out all those, all those little telling details that perhaps yeah. otherwise would be overlooked. And presumably you can carry video online, which you obviously can't in print. So yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah. And one other thing that I think would be quite interesting for our audience is how you actually measure the success of your respective publications. And make sure you stay in tune with what they want. Yes. So, well, I suppose with print in s several ways and, and in a way you don't know in the same way other than whether people are buying at a cool. newsstand yeah. or a subscriber. We, I mean, newsstand is obviously everybody knows is at best flat and we are holding strong in that and we have I think we've you know each year our section of the home market increases increases so that feels a good place to be in and we have a loyal subscriber base and our October issue had record um, sales figures from the advertising so to me that's a mark that people respect House and Garden and want to be in it so I suppose yeah. those are the ways from print. And presumably you can see online engagement now as well Katrina yes. in a way that you perhaps Yes can't. we know a frightening amount about <laughs> everyone. I sense you've got more stats there waiting. We. <laughs> No, I'm not sure I have on this one. I, I, was, I was going to say that in the old, I, I've done this a long time, and say 10 years ago, I didn't think it was a good Sunday for Sunday Time at Home unless we'd crashed someone's website. <laughs> that was the measure. We, you know, they'd sold out. I remember a particular Habitat brown leather sofa that had sold out before lunchtime that Sunday. Wow. Wow. Um, that print did have a power but yes you're right we have all sorts of a Byzantine system for measuring how long people dwell on the page where they are in the world which of their devices they're looking at it on uh, we know whether they're male or female and if they tell us and, and what age they are and all of that adds up to tweaks I suppose we mm. still go with our gut as to what is the best stuff to mm. commission because if you give people what they want for a significant le length of time they'll stop wanting it you have to lead that yeah. in a certain way and I guess um, that's the same for your team as well you've got a team of people working with you you're relying mm. on them to come up with ideas and, yeah. and keep it fresh and exciting well and also you, you want it to be directional because Lots of interior designers take inspiration from yeah. your publications as well. Yeah, and online, I mean, if we have a country cottage, colourful country cottage, decorated in a traditional way, it will fly every time. Something white and modern that I think is pretty cool and definitely put in the magazine probably won't fly. So, you, But we don't want to just give them the same old every day. So it's a balance, really. Yeah. That's kind of a nice segue into our next question, actually. So... For you guys, what type of content are you looking for from interior designers? I mean, in terms of design projects, we like to think we're pretty broad. It can be everything from 
the most modern to the most traditional, very grand to a, you know, so, and, and, and we're more and more, we've actually just had a whole lot of meetings thinking that it shouldn't be, we, we want to feature interiors. They don't always have to be homes. But I suppose what we do when they are homes, when they are help people's homes, we want them to feel like people's homes. When people send in projects that are too early in their process and you sort of don't feel that somebody's settled in that's a real shame because it sort of puts us off before. Yeah. yeah. And what about ones that are obviously just dressed? Yes, we prefer to see people's stuff. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, so they don't necessarily need to be 100% polished, 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 no. polished. No, not yeah, at with, all. With all the books, you know, perfectly colour-coded. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we don't want things too polished. We want to have a little bit of a sense. The reality. The reality, yeah. Is it the same for the, for the Sunday Times? Uh, very similar. I mean, we probably have more room to manoeuvre. We probably have more pages. And we love to go for something quite quirky and something with a good story mm. behind it. Where Also where challenges have been overcome because readers are actively looking at what their house is up to and how to make it better. So should designers also then be supplying words to go with their pictures? Oh, yes, please. Yes, definitely. So you want the story. Very, very interested in who, what, when, why, how, but especially who. A home isn't a home unless it's got a person attached to it. Um, and an interesting person can sell a house that's, you know, not a stunning house, though we'd love a stunning house. Yeah, yeah. And ideally, if it's somebody super famous and it's a stunning house, that yes. ticks all the boxes. And I think what, we, what I don't particularly need is the sofa is from so-and-so. And I don't, people often think that if you, they tell us what brands they've worked, for, or worked with, that's useful. It's not really useful at that stage. What we're really looking yeah. for is, as Katrina said, the story, the, what makes it interesting. You know, the scope of the works, the why they've done it, why they've chosen that house, that sort of thing is more interesting and will make us look at those pictures in a different way, really, than that it's an amazing fabric from so... Unless, I don't know, if, it, if it's that they've gone out to seek particular type of fabrics that are all made in England in a particular mill or something, then that might be part of the story, but not, yeah. Yeah, and, and then I guess you must get dozens and dozens of these projects being thrown at you all the time. So to avoid kind of going too far in the opposite direction, how many words roughly can you cope with? If you get a dozen photos and a, a blurb, how long should that blurb be? so that designers know how to optimise their chances of being noticed? That's a really good question. Quite um, short, really. I'd I say. don't have a very long attention span. <laughs> no. And I have, we have to read it out in a meeting with five other yeah. people sitting there. And nobody <laughs> wants to sit there for hours with every, you know, when we're looking at 30 houses. If they can get it down to a couple of hundred words, well, would yeah. you say? Yeah. Okay, and they just need to great. tell us the critical things that would be... And obviously we don't, House and Garden, we don't have, the owner doesn't have to be named and we can't even make up where, where the um, house is, mm. which makes a difference. It is really great when an owner will be interviewed and be part of the story, but it's not, a sen it's not always essential depending on the story. How essential is it for you, Katrina, that they, they, they front up with the name? It's a different story. So we could do a story of a home and how it was put together and how the people live there and why they love it. And that would be an interview with a homeowner. And, you know, their interior designer 
can chat to. If there was no name, um, it, it would be a different kind of story. It would be perhaps a trend-led feature, and it would be, you know, this is what people are doing in their kids' rooms, and this is a really good mm. case study. And we would talk about what the interior designer generally does. And how do you go about gathering, I mean, curating this content? Is it, is it something where you've got a, a team of researchers out there in the field ringing up designers saying, please give me your best houses, or something different? I love a team of researchers out there. <laughs> paint a picture of heaven, Jeff. No, uh, to be honest, a lot comes to us because people know where we are and they know what we do and they know what we like. And we're very lucky, beautiful things just stand up in our inbox. But then I also think it's, it's a great shame for people who don't know us or how to get to us. So I, I do keep my ear to the ground as much as I can, go to as many shows as I can, keep asking around for new talent. How important, we've kind of touched on this already a little bit, but just to draw it out a bit more, the art of storytelling. What are the hooks typically that would excite you and your editorial teams? I think first and foremost, we will look at the, the pictures and then we go into the story. But it can be the other way around, and that's why it's important to look at the story. But often, it's just the sheer genius of what they've done, or the scope of what they've done, or the bravery, or there's a family story to it, anything, really. In terms of photography, you mentioned high-quality photography or, or photography that's mm. really good excites you. Should the designer invest in taking their own photography, or should they wait until you commission it? And if so, how does that process work? We're really happy <coughs> just to get recce's of people shots on people's iPhones. Sometimes that is the best way because you're not then styling it in a way that we don't particularly want and we can't, you know, is a bit off-putting to us or it doesn't feel totally lived in because you've styled it for your website. But equally, lots of designers have things photographed because they want them nowadays for their website. So more and more, we do get sent images that are been to professional images. The only problem is if we then don't like them and your client doesn't want you going in again to shoot, that can be a problem. So it's, it's to be mindful of that. How many times do you want to disturb a client? So maybe... Quite advice, intrusive. Well, exactly. Maybe advice for designers here might be to take some iPhone photos I first. I think so. I mean, you know, if it's, unless it's sort of Scotland or you know we can go and have a look for ourselves if we want to and 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 once we've seen the reccees so we don't need the profession professional okay. shots okay. Um, I mean admittedly sometimes you may feel you've only got one shot at it you want to own the rights to the photographs I'm gonna get them shot and bring them to us and if we like them we like them if we don't you've got you've still got your images so people it is a bit people have to weigh up a little bit what they yeah. want what's most important to them okay. so would you normally typically commission your own photographs well, we try to as yeah. much as possible to keep the, with the style of the magazine yeah. and everything else how yeah. big is your photography budget katrina uh, it's meager um <laughs> <laughs> we love a nice PR shot. We're going to talk about PRs later, aren't we? Yeah. But the, the excellent interiors PRs that we work with know the pages so well that they kind of know what we want and, that's, and they send us that. So that's great. We do commission our own as well after we've seen recce snaps, as you say. The photography is pretty much the most important part of the page. And it varies from publisher to publisher. I mean, we've, we've yeah. obviously got two ends of the industry yes. here but there are other publications who work in totally different ways yeah and Condé Nast likes to own the images they want because right. uh, they also want to be able to own the images so AD and Germany if they so want could use them okay. at a later date you know they they want to have global rights nowadays on 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 a story sounds to me as though it's almost more high risk to send professional photos in 
if what you really want to do is to be published in? Possibly. I mean, people do, and we do. You know, there are some designers who we publish quite often who now have decided that they'll always get it shot first. But that's sometimes good. We, it's, we, we always feel a little bit sad. We would have liked to have been part of that shoot. And after those photos have appeared in your magazine or online, mm. would the designer then be able to use them themselves on their own website? Yes. Right, okay. So that's why they would get them shot. So as editors, can you just explain the roles of the different people on your team and any external freelancers and kind of what they all, what they all do? We do have a big team. So we have a features team and a decoration team. The decoration are doing all the shopping pages at the front and the styling of which if you have a range of, you know, you've launched a range of something that, that that's where it would go or maybe in some news in the news pages. But then the features team, we now have a houses director. So really the projects, they can come into anybody, but they will find their way to her. So she's really the best person, Emily Senior, for sending projects. But any which way, they'll, you know, whether it's David Nichols or deputy editor, we'll all, we'll, they'll all find their way there. And if you want to get the attention of a different person, then that's fine. Or you already have a relationship with somebody. Freelancers, that is the other thing, is finding the freelance writers who regularly pitch to us and working with them is another way into the, the magazine or print, which would be the same for you, wouldn't it? Yes, probably, maybe even the same people. It probably is the no, same I mean, people. no one studies our pages more closely than a freelance yeah. journalist. They, yeah. yeah, so they usually, especially for somebody that we work with a lot, will know what we're going to say yes or no to. Presumably that works for photography too. If you know a good freelance photographer mm. yes. that you we work pitched, with, yeah. then you can obviously work with them on your own shoots because you know they shoot for you or for you. Yes, mm. yes. so the, one, the ones where we would, the ones that we are using images that are pre-shot, we would, they would be regular photographers. We've established that it can be important for the client to be featured in their own home or do you just need the name? 25 Beautiful Homes, what they really want is people photographed in their own sitting room. But do you have features where you feature someone actually photographed in their own home? Absolutely, yeah. we love that. Our, our readers are actively doing up their houses and thinking about how their families will be living there. Mm. And, and they want to see um, how other individuals live in their own spaces. We don't absolutely have to, but it makes it a different kind of article. Different kind of article. So it doesn't mean that, because I'm just thinking if somebody, if you have a, you've, you've done a fabulous job, but the client is very keen to protect their own anonymity, mm. does that preclude any chance of them ever, you ever being able to get that project featured? Not, not for us. That, that we, I mean, we wouldn't feature the client unless it was relevant to the magazine, really, and our subject matter. What do you mean when you say to a designer, this is exclusive? to House and Garden, what does that mean? It has become more and more difficult because of social media and people want to put things on social media. And But we, when we want exclusivity, we want a story not to have gone anywhere else. I mean, there are always exceptions. Ideally, it hasn't gone anywhere else and we wouldn't, we wouldn't want it to go anywhere else for a few months afterwards. We used to sort of have a thing you had to sign six months afterwards, but we're, we're looser on it now and there's all, you know, we can talk. And I say, look, if there's a... If you say it's something they really want publicity for beyond just the house itself, we just talk about ways that they could get publicity we can, we, so, uh, without kind of harming our story, I suppose. So we can do it on a case-by-case -case basis. Okay. But we do want some exclusivity, even just for a 
portrait in the magazine. We want yeah. some exclusivity on the story. And Katrina, no, same I absolutely sort of idea. agree. And there's an, there's a lot of people think there's wiggle room in exclusivity, and there's absolutely none. <laughs> <laughs> it's, we want it first, but yeah. um, I don't think we don't want people to wait for a few months after they've no. published with us. We're completely yep. cool about that. Print exclusivity, not a thing. Exclusive angle for your magazine, not a thing. It means first go. And if you're talking about exclusive, would, would the designers still be able to have a gallery of those images on their website or do they have to hold those back as well and wait for it to oh, be published? Oh, we'd really like them to. We don't want to be completely these. manic about yeah. it. But sometimes I just say, could you take two or three or not the main room or not the really distinct... I, it, that's why it can always be a conversation. Ideally, they wouldn't. But because we have hold things for such a long time sometimes feels too mean not to say and I'm guessing yeah. the same is true with social media that the, you, you don't want the designers to be putting those images no. on their Instagram for example no. there's, there's a little bit of flexibility on that because sometimes I've seen it on someone's Instagram and said oh can we publish your house and yes exactly you know, I'm not going to ask them to take down posts I'm just going to say can you go easy until it's come out Okay. And what about stories as opposed to tiles? You know, something that only exists That's for better, a day. That's better, isn't it? Yeah. It's not there for ever. Yes, forever. So somebody could be quietly kind of in the background shouting. And also it's not reposted in the same no. way, is it? No, no. It's more important than ever that it's fresh, I think. Exclusive um, yeah. is exclusive, yeah. And in terms of your publication, if it's six months before it gets published, you've got to have a lot of patience. Yeah, people do have to have patience. Can you just describe the pressure of deadlines for us? I mean, Katrina, you, you're, you're brilliant at this. I need me. it now, she says. What I hate is when people send me an email back saying, what's the deadline for this? I'm like, yes, now! <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday was the deadline. Newspapers are quite fast. And if I'm asked to do something at the Monday meeting, I will, it's probably, it ought to be in before Thursday morning. So if I'm uh, ringing around for pictures, the question is, have you got high res pretty much now? And, and could you possibly get your client on the phone to chat to me about it? But then again, houses are evergreen content. It's not like they're going to go off. So we don't have to do them within that week. We can, yeah. you know, wait till the house is finished. Wait yeah. till you're happy with the package you can send us. I, I have one story where they're waiting for their dog not to be in season so that we can do a really nice shoot. <laughs> really? Okay. Is that oversharing? <laughs> <laughs> Are there other sorts of content that you're looking for interior designers to provide for you? News content or product content or do you tend to get that from other places? We, we'd love more video. People don't seem to quite have got into video house tours or giving video advice yet and uh, a snippet of video can go beautifully on our Instagram. How do you make sure that you're not just featuring the established names all the time? Obviously people want to hear, uh, see the work of some of the established names and it's often good because the, high, you know, the further you get in your career, hopefully the more honed your eye is and the better you are at it to a certain degree. But we are always on the hunt. I mean, that's why I make sure my team goes to lots of events out in the evening. It's quite hard work being on the ground. But you know, you just always know that if you go somewhere to a book launch, to anything, you'll meet somebody who tells you about a project they know about or a designer. And I think, you know, when we're putting the top 100 together, we ask the suppliers, we ask architects, we ask all sorts of different people to sort of give, be, give us the names of the people that we're, we might not have heard of, but actually are slightly under the radar and doing 
brilliant work. And then we have a, we now have every year the yearly rising stars list, which is great. And what I have really realized from the rising stars <laughs> list is if you're on it, you can only be having worked for the last five years. I mean, that you had your business for five years. People really seem to get noticed of it. Right. And I've heard of some really amazing stories from that. And then, of course, the list is another brilliant way yeah. of getting under our noses. So the list can be really good for that. Same, really. I, I feel bad about it. I don't want to feature just the same people, although they, they're a genius people that yeah. I always want their projects. Yeah. Um, and we all so, fight yes. over those. Yes, <laughs> we do. Sharp elbows. Um, but I, I, I try to go to new designers and to the degree shows and, and keep an ear to the ground and just ask people to gossip to me constantly, yeah. you know, about who's doing what and what are the new names. But we need to do more, really. We should probably... Yeah get together and have a think about that. What advantages does it bring to you if, a, if an interior designer has employed a PR agency? Does it help? I think, it, I mean, I think <clears throat> it really can help because obviously if we've got a good relationship with that PR, you're immediately going to listen to what they've got to say and take note of it and if one respects them. And, you know, we, we've had long-standing relationships with a lot of good, in, good PRs. So I think it can really help. But of course, it's not, all, it's not essential in any way. And sometimes it is really, there's something very satisfying about finding a good story, not through a PR, and you feel like you've had it yourself from talking yeah. to somebody. It's not, not essential, but I think it can, and help you sort of formulate how you want to approach it. And so for interior designers, it might be one, money well spent, actually. I think yeah. so, I think so. I think a good PR is invaluable. It's almost like us having an in-house person who does research for us. Yeah. It's absolutely, it's a joy. I would say to uh, designers and interior designers, designers, absolutely the best PR for them is an in-house PR, someone who knows and loves you and you're their best client. And I'm, often people find that they have someone in the company who has a bit of a genius for social media and is, is really switched on about which of the magazines they want to appear in and can step into that role. That is a really fantastic tip, actually. I love that idea. Why, thank you. Brilliant. Last question. What one piece of advice would you have for interior designers seeking to have their news, thoughts or projects in your publication? I think it's being sort of persistent um, and, and not, if we say no to something, don't be put off about say, sending the next project because maybe that we've just had a few similar ones to that recently. We've got, we can't quite say yes to that one because otherwise we'll be flooded with a certain type of house but it may be that in six months time we've used all of those and something else that you're doing is right so I think it is just being a bit persistent and a sort of personal friendly email not too long but doesn't look like it doesn't need to look like a sort of very formal press release that's quite off-putting because it feels like that might have been sent to 10 other people especially when it's got dear Barbara at the top for me <laughs> yeah. now, that always Love that. that really is off <laughs> Love that. Um, I, I'd absolutely echo be persistent. I, I'd really say um, make yourself a student of the newspaper. Know which section your things would appear best in. You know, really study it. And then I, I'd also say offer me an exclusive. Great advice. Thank you. Let's give them a round of applause. <laughs> Do we have time for one or two questions? We do. Would anybody do, like yeah. to ask one or two questions? Hi there, it's Emma from Emma Green Design. Um, I've got a couple of whole house projects, but also I have some projects which are, say, just the ground floor, you know, kitchen, lounge, boot room. Are you ever interested in those, or is it always whole house? Yeah, whole house or just single rooms, what's your preference? Oh. Kitchens particularly we could be interested in because we have our kitchen and bathroom supplement, and we're always trying to find new kitchens 
kitchens and sometimes it feels a shame to put a great kitchen in there and then not be able to show the rest of the house so if it is only the kitchen then that could be a good way in I, I love a random room especially if it's a really high luxury one because I that sort of Lux is quarterly and I do a different kind of room or type of project each time. So anything like, you know, an, a stonking pool house or an amazing dressing room. If it's brilliant, and it, I can probably build something around it, find a few other examples. and Yeah, that is true too. If it's something really unique or original, we might then find some more. And if, if does that, is there any way of finding out what you're planning to do for your Lux section in three months' time? I mean, you could ask for a forward features plan. So I am sketching one out. I feel quite uh, worried now <laughs> that. <laughs> Hi, I'm, I'm in the process of trying to get some of our projects in magazines as well and wondering, we don't have the funds for PR at the moment, but is it better when you get that initial email, you're obviously getting loads through, if you don't know our name, is it better to have like one really wow image or a link to the portfolio? Me, a wow image. I love that. Or one project. I might well then go and look at somebody's website, but I, I don't probably want to wade through lots of projects. I kind of want you to decide what is the yeah. best one to look at, I think. I just wanted to say thank you so much to, to Hatter and Katrina for the most fantastic conversation. I think I've certainly got a lot out of it. I'm sure everybody in the audience has too. And thank you also to Decorex for hosting us. We love doing this show. The audiences are always really wonderful. Thank you. Thank you.